You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Gifted with Sheila White. I am so happy that you have joined us on today. You know, this is the holiday season, and there's so much going on in our world today. You know, this is a world of change, complexity, overwhelming competition, wars, as they say, and rumors of wars. A lot of things are going on. But during this time, what's important to all of us is family. And I think that's the focus focus that we should have as we're going into this holiday season. We know that Jesus is the reason for the season and family is very important to him as well. My guest today, I am really, really excited to have him joining us today because we're going to talk a little bit about family. We're going to talk about the stories that draws the strings of your heart of how to find those lost family members and some things that People are out there looking for love in all the wrong places and all the wrong faces. But this person today found love in the right place and on the right face with his family. And I am really excited to have him share a little bit of his story today, hopefully to be able to inspire others for looking for family members. And we're going to get a little bit into his backstory a little bit and find out a little bit about his upbringing and his journey of finding love. Again, we'll say it that way. And you know, on Gifted with Sheila White, we talk to individuals that are using their unique gifts to impact the world. People with health stories and wealth stories, education, entertainment, arts, relationships, and spirituality, and in business. And so I'm so grateful that you tuned in today to share and to get some information on how you can create a better life for yourself. If you're looking for someone and you haven't found them, then this is the show for you. We want to give you some tools, some inspiration, some motivation, and maybe a little laughs along the way as we talk to our special, special guests on today. Now, friends, I want you to tune in, call a friend, let someone know that Gifted is on the air today. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, I want you to subscribe to our website, which is www.road2eternity.net for inspirational stories, information. Our special guest information will be on there as well today. And I want you to subscribe. Tell someone about this podcast because we are doing this just for you. And we are so excited that you are listening with us today. Now, without further ado, I want to have you buckle your seatbelts, get your box of tissues, get ready to be inspired because our guest today is Mr. Myron Chestnut. And he is a special, special person to me. I just want you to hear his story, to just sit back and relax and think about what it means to really be able to have special people in your life, to find family after so many years. Um, a lot of people have similar stories, but this one is for us today to share in this holiday season 
Welcome, my special, special friend, relative, cousin, Mr. Myron Chestnut. Welcome to the show on today. Thank you. Thank you very much, cousin Sheila. You know what? Uh, we have so much to get into. There's so much to your story. It's such an inspirational story. And this is the reason why I wanted to share this story during this holiday season. A lot of people are going to be having the, the turkey, the hams, the yams, the potatoes, the greens and the beans and all of that at the Christmas table. And they're going to be sharing different types of stories. But this particular story is one that people will be able to share with their families. And and we're talking about it and haven't stopped talking about it for months since we have uh, come upon this story, so to speak. And it's such an inspirational story. Byron, I want you to go back a little bit. Let's talk about your life as a young man, as a little boy. Uh, what were some of your dreams, some of your aspirations? Before you knew anything, it was just life as a little boy. Uh, what were the dreams that you have of growing up to be one day? Well, you know, cousin Sheila, I tell you, as I recall, the uh, my some of my dreams and some of my goals were uh, basically just trying to find what inspired me, and pretty much what inspired me was just looking at family members. How can I draw some inspiration from some of my family members? And this story, I probably never told enough, but um, I had one family member that sticks out to me that uh, just sort of drove me to uh, the, in the direction, I should say, that uh, wanted me, wanted to find out, you know, more, wanted to do more. Wanted, he encouraged me to, to want to uh, be more. And mm. I had a cousin that, um, he was, first of all, he enlisted into the army and he was a serviceman. And I, I, I admired that about it. I mean, as a little per, little uh, individual, not knowing much about life, that was something that, that stuck with me. And I remember that so vividly. And when he came back, I remember all of the little details that uh, happened with him that I wanted to... Uh, take some some inspiration from mm. and he was not only an, a service man but he was a uh he was a barber mm. was a um uh really well educated individual okay and he was uh one that uh you know seemed to have some direction for his life mm. and so i was inspired by that wow but the amazing thing is that, uh, you know, you don't have to look very far. Mm. I mean, sometimes it could be right before you. You know, we tend to, um, you know, go far and yonder trying to find an inspiration for life. Mm -hmm. Well, it was right there under my nose. My cousin, uh, uh, and I'll say his name because he is not uh, one who um, wouldn't mind. Uh, Titus, cousin Titus. Okay. <laughs> and he, he went on to become um, a policeman mm. in New York City. Mm -hmm. he, he was a, a saxophone player. Oh, my. Yeah, he had several things going on. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, that's very inspirational. I want to be like Cousin Titus. Cousin Titus. <laughs> yes. And so for many, many years, that was my inspiration for life. And uh, of course, 
as I got older, then I began to uh, realize that uh, as much as Cousin Titus was an inspiration to me, there was something that was missing. Now, let's let's back up a little bit there, uh, Myron, because as a little boy, um, when did you find out um, that all of your family members were not present, say present in your life specifically, because a lot of times people grow up in a family and they're told this is mom, this is dad, this is grandma, grandpa or something. And they don't find out a lot of times until who their who their real mother or father or something is until later in life. So did you know as a little little boy um, who your mom was and who your father was? Or were you kind of just told that someone else was your mom or your dad? This is a familiar type of story for a lot of people, but your story is really, is really interesting. So let's go back a little bit. What age were you when you finally thought, who is my relative or my parental? Let's say, go, let's start with the parental before we get into the extended family. Yes. My mother, I obviously, uh, she was always there. So I yes. knew who my mother was. Yes. And uh, so I grew up knowing who my mother was. Mm-hmm. But for many years, I wondered who my father was. And now, now let's, I, let's stop a little bit there, Myron, because when you said you wonder, was there a man in your life at that time? Or because, you know, there's a lot of single parent homes and it's so common nowadays. But um, was there another role model, let's say, uh, uh, in the home that you kind of said, well, this is my dad, my grandpa or somebody that you identified as your father to fill that gap at that time? For sure. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that uh, I think growing up when I did. I was fortunate to have those male figures in my life. Uh, my grandfather sort of was in that gap. Mm-hmm. He, he, he showed that particular side of, of, of life that I needed to know about, that mm. male figure. Yes. And so many, many years, that was where I took that uh, the note of uh, that manly person in my life, what should they be like? And so I, I, I followed the pattern of my grandfather. And he was a provider. He was one who uh, took care of his family. And so I didn't ask a whole lot of questions beyond that. Mm. Many, many years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, as I got older, then I began to focus more on, yeah, but who was my father? Mm. And of course, yeah, I was still a little reluctant to asking that question to my mother. Okay. Okay. Because for me, I was very sensitive towards her in the sense that I did not want to uh, open wounds that would Mm -hmm. make her feel bad. Yes. Yes. So I was just very careful not to say much about it for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went on to um, just accept the fact that there were several uncles and my grandfather, of course, uncles and cousins like cousin Titus and many, many others that were around that mm-hmm. I could, I could actually uh, learn how to be a man. Yeah. Just yeah. their examples. Mm-hmm. And so therefore I, um, I sort of reserved that the, the thought of asking more questions and pretty much just went about life 
for years not asking any questions related to my father. Now, you know, Byron, that that Myron, that says a lot because a lot of times there's a saying in the black home and I'm sure in other nationalities, what goes on in the home stays in the home. And when you say that we don't want to ask questions, we don't want to talk about it. Um, there's so much trauma that happens in our specifically African-American community that we just don't talk about and we just don't address. And you are right. We're afraid to open up those those issues in those conversations because of wounds, um, because it could bring up some type of trauma or open a door or something that, you know, a path that we don't want to go down. That I think that's a common thing in this scenario, why a lot of people don't want to ask um, those tough questions, but yet in their heart, they're, they're learning, they're wanting to know the why, even some people that were given up for adoption, you know, they want to know why was I given up? Was I loved? And these types of things. And, and you're so right when you say opening up the wounds, because a lot of times it brings trauma and people aren't ready to face the issues of the why, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it does just keep a bridge going of, of the trauma and the hurt and the shame and guilt, all of those feelings that are bottled up in a person as they grow older. And sometimes people um, don't come out whole, so to speak. They don't find faith and spirituality. And we'll get in a little bit of that too. But um, I think it's really important to understand that's an identifying thing, the wounds that are there, not opening up that those conversations that can be had because we're afraid to hurt the person that that um, kind of got this whole thing started, so to speak, or the people that were involved. So I just want to kind of let people know they're not alone um, with those feelings and those emotions, because that's something that's still happening today. As you talk about not opening up that and you were afraid, as you say, to not hurt um, specifically your mom. Um, in that situation. Um, so let's continue with that story. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, um, I reserved that uh, idea because um, I, I really felt like even though things happen, yes, you don't want to point the finger. You don't want to, to put blame because mm -hmm. As the saying goes, is you know, both sides are two sides to the story. There's two sides to the story, yes. Yes, and the fact is, is that uh, regardless of what those two sides are, mm -hmm. uh, you still want to try to reach a place where of understanding and 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 knowing for yourself. Yes. So I had to be very careful as to how I tread, you know, upon that uh, idea of wanting to know without. Mm -hmm doing any harm one way or the other. That's why I think it's important for you to say that because those people that are in that situation, they don't want to cause more harm or more trauma, but um, you being sensitive to that, helping people to understand how to navigate through those troubled waters, so to speak. And that's why I think at that moment and at that point, those feelings that you were experiencing is so real. And so many people have that same feeling um, that they don't want to make things worse, you know, and they don't want to point the finger and point blame and shame to um, an individual because everybody's doing the best they can do at the time, you know, um, that they're doing that. And, I, and, I, and I'm so glad you brought that up to help people understand it's it's a, it's a situation that 
you know, it's so common. It's so common. And I would say normal. Normal. Yes. Yes. The normal feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, you know, as you as you go forth in your life, I mean, for me, that desire to want to know still mm-hmm. remains. Mm-hmm. So how to navigate, you know, all of the uh, circumstances to get mm-hmm. to the answers. Yes. You know, without doing any damage or without, you know, uh, rubbing salt in the wound. Yes. I, I, I was very sensitive to it. And, and because of that, you know, it, it took me a while, took me a while to, uh, to be able to, uh, come forth. Now I was, mind you, I was, uh, of course from a young child, Mm -hmm. accepting all of the role models that was before me, male, uh, role models that is, and trying to learn that I knew that there was a mother, obviously, because yes. my mother was there. But mm-hmm. I wanted to find out about the other side of me. Which yes. Is who I am. Yes. So I accepted the role models mm-hmm. and I tried to pattern my life after those role models mm. because that was what I felt like a man was supposed to be. Right, right. So that was the only clue that I had course until I found out who my real father was mm. so as I went forward uh grew older and and this was probably uh I think my first time bringing it up again was after my sophomore year in college okay I came back home from college and uh I was sitting at a dinner dinner table and uh with my mom and I said to her, Mom, who is my father? Oh, my. And I was actually not sure what kind mm-hmm. of response I would get. Mm-hmm. And and quite frankly, I I, I, I guess I could have, um, based on what I was, my, my reservations, I probably figured out what kind of response I would get, mm-hmm. how the response would be. But it was very curt and it was very quick. Most mm. as if she really did not want to get into the conversation. Okay. So I said, who is my father? And mm. she said, uh, real quickly, she said, last I heard, he was in Illinois and your father's name is Johnny. Johnson. Yeah. Which is a very common name. That's like Mary Smith or something right. like that. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I said to her, I said, huh, okay, Johnny Johnson. And being that she was very short, very brief. Yeah. Uh I I again I did not want to push it. Mm-hmm. So I got that bit of information. So I sort of let it go and just went on with that information. And um so my next endeavor was to find out, well, she did tell me this, mm-hmm. that he was in the service. Mm. And last I knew, he went back from Myrtle Beach from the Air Force to Illinois. I thought, hmm, okay. At this time, you know, that was before Ancestry and a lot of the DNA yeah. uh, searches 
Yeah. Um, you know, I thought, okay, what direction should I go in now to, to use this information that I've been given? Mm -hmm. And so I decided that the army, probably the service would be able to help me. Mm -hmm. I was told that you probably could find out more about him by going through the military. Okay. And so I took that direction and uh, began to uh, call around and the information that I received from the military was um, you need to send me this, this information and that information. Mm -hmm. And uh, we could see if we could, you know, put this together and maybe uh, find out more information about him. Mm -hmm. And I gave him a name mm -hmm. and I told him where, you know, I was told that he lived mm -hmm. and I was finding, wanting to find out if there's any information that they could give me on him. Right. And it just seemed so daunting. It mm. seemed like it was just a, you know, just a, a big struggle to go through that task of trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to go back and give them certain information, information that I wasn't really sure of myself. Wow. But I thought, well, you know, I guess that's the route that I have to go. Mm -hmm. So I started the process. Mm -hmm. And after starting, I just decided, well, maybe I will um, just just rest right now and not not take it up any further because it just seems like it's going to be a long process. Yeah, And I don't know, even if, if they told me this, how can I be assured that this is my father. Right, right. That's a common name, like you said. Yeah. You know, so and military thought, people travel. They travel a lot. Exactly. They, you know, go all over the world. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I, I thought, I'm not sure if this is the route that I, I should continue on. So for many years, I, I, I stopped uh, doing any kind of research and just let it sit for a while. But at the same time, my heart was not settled. I mm. could not rest. Mm. You know, I wanted to know because mm. to me, it was important. Yeah. That was a part of who I was. Yeah. Who I am. Yeah. And until I know that, I'm incomplete. Now, let's say by this time, you're an adult, you're, you know, you've, you're grown. Um, when did family marriage come into the fact at, at, at during this time? Because as a little boy, you accepted the role models in your life, your uncles and different other people, grandpa and things as role models. And you just kind of left it right there on the table and not wanting to open up a can of worms, as you say. So you just kind of went on through life. Then you decide to have your own family. So let's talk about that before we continue the story, because it gets interesting. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and of course, that that brings more meaning to, uh, you know, the importance of knowing your family members. Yes. Uh, my my children, of course, would not have known the grandfather. Mm. Uh, you know, the 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 uh, fact that uh, it was important enough to to raise a family having both my wife and myself there and yeah. present in their lives, mm -hmm. I realized how meaningful, how important that was to 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 the, I guess, the idea that, uh, you know, the children feeling complete. Mm. And, 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 of course, coming to a place 
in their lives where that they don't didn't have to really wonder mm. about who who am I? Yeah. Because yeah. you don't know who you are until you know who your mother, who your father mm. is. And and of course, having 50% of both of them in your life, I mean, that mm. make make up who you are. Yeah. It confirms, hey, this is why I am the way that I am. Yes. And it's important. It makes me think about, you know, heritage of just African-Americans, you know, or Africans coming over to this country and being dissected and they're not knowing who their mother and their father is and being moved all around America. And they have to grow up with this sense of, you know, I remember, you know, maybe two years old or three years old being stripped from the arms of my mother. Um, just imagining the devastation of not knowing who your your biological family is. You know, um, this is something that has been going on for decades, generations, centuries even, you know, and things like that. And so when you say now you're married and you have children, it's like, how did you explain to the your wife? I'll say, did she know that you didn't know who your father was? Um, you know, did that conversation come up? And then with the children, explain to us how you handled the conversation with the children of wanting to, of knowing who your father was. How did you break that down to them? Because at that point, people are like, well, they weren't in our life. Doesn't matter. We didn't know them. So how did you kind of merge the conversation to your wife first and then to the children to say, I'm looking for someone out there? Yeah, that's that, that, you know, if there's a, a part of that is is a travesty mm. when you think about the idea that uh, you you're searching for your identity mm. and you don't know who your father or your mother is. Then I know for my wife, I explained to her that I never knew my father, and she knew that I was searching. Okay, she knew that my desire was to find my father. Yes. So that was always something that I made clear to her, that I wanted to know who he was. Mm -hmm. And of course, with my children, you know, I did not, it was easier. I did not hold back from letting them know the same. That okay. uh, my father, I wanted to know who my father was because, you know, who I, who I am and my identity is part of my mother and my father. That's right. And, That's right. And so therefore, I... I wanted them to know also who their grandfather is because again it's part of that identity it's a part mm -hmm. of knowing where you come from mm -hmm. so you know where you're going yes that's right you know being being lost of an identity sort of you know it's, it makes it complex mm -hmm. of trying to figure out which way to go you're right, trying to right. find your identity through different means or different individuals or different mm -hmm. lifestyles mm -hmm. when the clear picture is your mother and your father. Yeah. That's, that's who make up who you are and, and, mm -hmm. and your identity. So that's pretty much where, you know, I took that when it came to my, 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 my wife and my children, uh, I wanted to make that clear that that was why it was so important for me to uh, identify who my father was. Mm. Wow. And, you know, now what was your children's reaction? Because like you said, they didn't never had grandpa in their life. So was it something that they just kind of said, oh, OK, that's your thing? Or 
did you notice that they had a desire to want to know that connection um, for their for their sake as well? For sure. Um, my children are very much a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so much so till when I presented it to them, they were just as excited about wanting to know as I was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. My children, wow. you know, and of course, that's there again, that has a lot to say about families now. You know, the fact that there's such a disconnect, there's mm. not that 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 communication or that uh, family oriented uh, lifestyle mm. that would draw us closer and closer to one another. Mm-hmm. And we would feel the heart and the pain of one another and the desires of one another. Well, mm-hmm. my I thank God, my children, my family. You know, they're 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 all for it. They were all for mm-hmm. it. I mean, they mm-hmm. wanted to know Dad, if you want to know, we want to know. That's wow. our grandfather. We want to know who, who he is. Wow. And, and so there was never any any hesitation on their part to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it was important for them. And yeah. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they knew that that was important to me as well. Wow. And I think that's so important to understand for people to understand people that may have had family in their life, knowing who their biological mother or father is or relatives are, um, they they know their identity. They take that for granted. But as I was saying, um, you know, African and Africans that came over here to this country that were displaced from family and not knowing who that was, that goes down for generations of really not knowing who they were. That disconnect breeds a certain type of um, pain it breeds a certain type of, of uh, heartache and things like that of not knowing who you are connected to. Because like you said, it makes you up 50%, 50 and 50. And when you don't know who that is, it takes a, it can take a toll. And it's taken a toll on a lot of people in a negative way. But your story is a good story. And then we're going to continue with that. But I think talking about the disconnect, which is still so prevalent in families, you know, it's as if that families are becoming unraveled. You know, and I want to talk a little bit, a detour just a little bit and talk about the spiritual side of this and your spiritual side, because you're connected to your heavenly father. How has that relationship helped you through the years um, to keep you encouraged? And I know it's something that you prayed about because it was something that's on your heart. So let's talk about that spiritual identity, because a lot of people don't have that part in their life. How did that affect even in your search and even in your longing for to find your biological father on the spiritual side? Well, it, it actually confirmed what I believe. And that is my confirmation for me about wanting to find my father was confirmed in the fact that as much as I wanted my father in my life, mm-hmm. God, in his own infinite wisdom, yes, gave me what I needed to feel secure to a point mm-hmm. to where I got that conclusion 
Mm. To the conclusion of who my real father, my earthly father was. Yes. But spiritual, you know, there could be a lot of uh, resentment. There could be a lot of, uh, you know, just ill feelings. Yes. And and a lot of people do take that course. Yes, yes. But But I was determined that I wanted to go about it in a way that would be pleasing to God. Mm. I wanted to 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 get my, I guess, satisfaction, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Of 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 knowing through rather than just rejecting the idea, <clears throat> or since I did not know him all this these many years, then that's not important anymore. Right. No, God let me know that hey, your earthly father is an important aspect of who you are. Mm. And so meanwhile, I'm here. Yeah. Even if you don't realize who your earthly father is, I can console you. I can give you uh, 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 this feeling of completeness, but yet there's a man mm -hmm. that I allowed to come into your life as your earthly father that mm -hmm. It's, it makes sense that you would want to know him. So yeah. there was no reason to want to reject him. Yeah. Because that was, that was only natural. Mm. And, 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 you know, sometimes we, we dismiss it, I think as being something that uh, is not important anymore. Yes. Yeah. And to me, God let me know that it was always important mm. to know both my mother and my father. Now, as we fast forward a little bit on the story um like you said that is really important because people that don't have god in their life they don't have that sense of belonging you know as far as the spiritual side and you were blessed to under, understand and god helped you to understand that he's in your life god is in your life jesus is in your life he's providing you a certain level of comfort but still there's that desire to want to know who your earthly father is and i know as we talked about your story you're praying for that um, God, I want to know. I just want to know. Let me grant me that desire of my heart to know my earthly father if he's out there before I even leave the world or something like that. Which all this time that you were going through this story, there was no the searches that we have today, Ancestry.com and all these ways that people can find their family. So you were kind of in the blind trying to take the long routes to find out how can I find this person if they're out there any little lead that you had or any little lead that you got, I know through the years, as you said, it, it was discouraging, you know, as we talked, you're like, I'm going to forget about this. Let years go by and months and days and years go by. You don't think about it, but then it's still there in your heart, but you just kind of push it aside. Now, now we come up to the point, like I said, you have your wife, you have your family, you still have this longing in your heart for all these years. Then suddenly all of this, this new stuff starts popping up. DNA stuff starts popping up and people are they're using it in the court system and they're using it to um, for crime and they're using it in a lot of different ways. So let's forward to your that story of how now we have this new technology comes into play and, and take us from that point, because it gets better, folks. It gets better. Yes, yes, it does. And and, um, you know. I was, as you said, many times along the, the journey was uh, feeling a little discouraged and, uh, you know, put things on the back burner if, 
if I could say it that way, mm-hmm. to where I never forgot it. Yeah. But yet, at the same time, I didn't just stop pursuing it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it was actually uh, many, many years of uh, putting it to the side. Mm. A friend came to me and they said, he said, you know, I have, I was telling him about my father mm-hmm. that I did not know my father. And I didn't realize at the time that he was a, um, he was adopted. Okay. Okay. And he did not know who his parents were, who his family was as well. And uh, so he had been searching, but it's amazing how God works and who yeah. God put in your life. Yes. Uh, you know, you look back and you realize God knows what he's doing. He knows why he does what he does. Mm. And it comes to life and you realize God was there all alone. Now, this individual I'd known for many years. Wow. So when I when I mentioned to him that about my father, that's when I found out that he was adopted. Mm. And he said, you know what? I have this uh, extra DNA kit. This is after many years. Yeah. I have this extra DNA kit. Uh, do you want it? I said, huh. I said, yeah, you know, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took that DNA kit from him. Yeah. And I sat that DNA kit for another another few years in my armoire, never wow. touching it. Wow. But again, I could not rest because I desired to know who my father was. Yeah. So I told my wife, I said, honey, I said, um, I'm going to, um, I'm going to use the DNA kit. I'm going to uh, go through the process and I'm going to send it in. She said, you're not going to send it in. You've been saying that for years. For years. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I said, no, I said, I, I really am. I'm going to do it this time. Mm-hmm. That my mind was made up. And I took that DNA kit, went through the process. Excuse me, process of mm-hmm. going through the, all of the, the different uh, the steps things that they that, had. The steps, yeah, that I needed to go through in order to process it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, once I sent it in, and I followed the process online. Okay. They told me the steps that you could follow, and you got to follow it online. They'll continue to update you online. And I got to a place where they said, well, we found a match. Mm. When I got this information, we found a match. I said, oh, my goodness. Now, all of a sudden, I get a renewed energy. Yeah. And excitement <laughs> yeah. about wanting to know more. After all of those years, after decades those after years. decades. Yes, yes. So at this point, I'm thinking, I got to go forward. And so I, I um, after getting this information, they, and I go on and I look to see who it says that they found a match with. Mm. And keep in mind, my mother told me years, many years ago, mm-hmm. who my father's name was. And, and yeah. think about this. Even if I had taken the name mm-hmm. and think, to think that maybe, oh, that's not going to really help me. Yeah. But that name stuck with me. Mm. I forgot who she told me his name was. Wow. Wow. She said Johnny Johnson. 
Yeah. Well, when I when I looked up the information that they gave me from Ancestry, and it yeah. says you are a match, fifty percent match with Jonathan Johnson Senior. Yeah. I said, oh my goodness, that's the name my mother told me many years ago. Mm. Jonathan Johnson Senior. Yeah. I said, huh. So, but she said Johnny Johnson, and I thought, well, it's got to be the same person. Yeah. I said, I'm sure he just they just call him Johnny, but it's got to be Jonathan. Yeah. And and sure enough, so as I began to go forward and 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 pull this information up on the computer and look at it, and I start thinking. I said, well, okay. So now I know his name, and I know that he's a match. Okay. Now. How do I confirm that this is my dad, Johnny jo Jonathan Johnson? Right. So I see on my ancestry account it says Johnny, or rather Jonathan Johnson Jr. Mm. Jonathan Johnson Jr. I said that mm. must be his son. Wow. And which would be your brother if it was the case. Ex ex exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm thinking that's that's you know Jonathan. That's no coincidence. That's that's probably his son. Wow. So that's the way I looked at it at the time. So mm -hmm. then I go on and I said, well, okay, if that's his son, maybe I can, because it had a way that I could message him on mm -hmm. Ancestry. Yeah. So I messaged him and Jonathan, Jonathan Jr. And uh, I never got a response. Wow. And at this point, my excitement dwindled. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, about a month later, I still didn't hear back from them, but mm -hmm. on that, on that, on my account, it had a list of, oh, a number of names of cousins, okay. first okay. cousins all the way to six cousins. Oh my! Yes, and different people, and I thought, hmm, interesting. I said, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I said, you know what? I'm going to see if any of those other cousins would know more about my dad. Okay, and so. Just the way the Lord would have it. As I said, God, God is it is amazing as to how he works. We don't yeah. know how he's at work sometimes, but he's always at work on our behalf. Mm. And when I went on and I looked at some of these cousins, you know, there was a whole slew of them. But do you know God planted in my heart to contact uh, the one cousin mm. out of Denver mm. that was actually active on Ancestry, doing a story. Actually, he was trying to do a uh, family research to, okay. to, do, to get the family uh, line, to, to get all of his family uh, line, Jonathan Johnson. Uh, the lineage together. The lineage all together. He was working yeah. on that. Mm -hmm. So because he was working on it, he was actively involved on Ancestry. Wow. And... So of all of those people that the Lord just directed me to, hmm. it was him, Erie. Okay. Was his name. And yeah. Erie, Erie had all of the interest that I had to find more information. Wow. Because he was actually working on it. Yeah. And I thought, huh, of all of the people, somebody who have an interest in finding more about more uh, information on family members. Yeah. Dawson's side. Hmm. So 
he was the one that the Lord led me to contact. And when I contacted him, he and I talked for like an hour. Okay. We talked, first of all, we communicated online. Okay. And he responded back to me. And he said, well, I tell you what, if um, you like, he says, because uh, I gave him my information. I said, look, this is my phone number. Right. This is my name. This is my email address. Please feel free to contact me. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk with you. And so he did. Okay. And and on a Sunday afternoon, we scheduled a conversation to where we could talk okay. over the phone. Mm-hmm. And he and I talked over the phone for like, as I said, about an hour. Mm-hmm. And 45 minutes to an hour, we were on the phone. And so after we talked, he contacted my, now I know Johnny Johnson, mm-hmm. my brother. Yeah, yeah. And to me, he said, I would, he said, I'll contact um, Johnny and I'll contact uh, my my uncle, Jonathan Sr., and yeah. see what they have to say about this. Mm. I said, he said, do, do you, do you, do you mind? I said, no, I, not at all. I said, I don't have any hesitations about it. I said, or reservations. I said, because all I want to know, and I wanted to make it clear to him, mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for anything. Yeah. All I wanted to know who my father was. Yes. And so that was the only reason why I was reaching out. And I didn't want him to think that or anyone to think that I was looking for something else. Right. Right. He, he said, okay, I'll contact them and I'll let you know what they say. Mm-hmm. So he did. He contacted them and he said, you, um, I'm going to set up a call. He got back with me, said, I'm setting up a call. Can you meet with them or talk with them? Mm-hmm. You know, Sunday afternoon. I said, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be in church. And then once I leave church, I'll be home from one o'clock on. So have them call me for sure. And uh, that's where it all opened up Mm. that I began to find out more and more information about the confirmation of who my father was. And not only that, I found out that I had a a brother and a sister Mm. that I never knew. You know, and I want to ask you this question, because when people do these tests, sometimes it comes back, you know, little percentage here, there, whatever. And like you said, there's a list of relatives, possibly. When you got back your numbers of the possible match, what were those numbers like to let you know, Okay, I haven't met this person, but numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. So what were your numbers like when you got that back for people that don't understand how that works? Yeah, well, pretty interesting. Uh, even though you're 50% match, uh, with, well, I was a 50% match with Jonathan Sr., uh, meaning that he was likely, you know, a close relation to mm-hmm. me. And uh, But my cousin, Erie, whom I contacted and was doing the research, he said to me, um, what is your the number. CM number? Yeah. What's your, your number. CM number? Well, your uh-huh. CM number tells you how closely related you are to an individual. Okay. And so the CM number has to be between 200, at least start starting out 200 or above in order for you to be a close relation. Okay. And my number was 3,000, 400 and some odd, uh, <laughs> 440 something. And I thought he's, and so Erie said to me, being that he, 
he's well versed in terms of uh, the DNA and all of the numbers and all that stuff, what it means. He said to me, now, I'm not a geneticist, but I'm pretty sure that my uncle Jonathan Johnson, based on your number, those numbers that, that match, is your father. Mm. I thought, oh, my goodness. Wow. wow. And, and, and then, of course, you know, we just began to talk from there. And, you know, of course, I guess that's part of the next part of this conversation is it doesn't always turn out that way for a lot of people. Yeah. Because a lot of times people don't want to receive. They have the same feelings that, oh, it's all these years I don't need to know. Yeah. Well, I was very fortunate. Hmm. My family was very so much so it was unbelievable that they were so receptive. Hmm. They were very receptive of me and welcoming. Mm. So it really just elevated and escalated from there. And to this day, I mean, I talk to my dad just about every every week. You know, it's so it's such a beautiful story. And like I said, this is a uh, a real cousin. And, and, and when we found out this story, um, as he said, his brother, they were like, you got to be kidding me. And like, Dad, are you they were asking their father, like, why did you say something or why did you know? But he was in the service at the time. And a lot of times people in the service overseas, different places, you know, something may happen or they meet someone and they go on with their life, not even thinking back uh, that there's a possibility because a lot of times those connections don't get back together. People lose track of each other and things like that. So it happens all the time and it's still happening, I'm sure, in the military even today. But these people are going on with their lives and all of a sudden, when my cousin gets the he, he gets his information, he goes, we have a, a brother. We're like, we got a brother. We thought, OK, it's a joke. And his sister said, I didn't know all this time I had another brother. And they were just like upset, happy, overjoyed. He had all these mix of emotions and wanting to meet with you, which they did and talk with you. And they were very receptive. So when it came down to the next level of cousins, they got your picture and they sent your picture out to the other cousins and family members. And we thought it was Jonathan Sr. We thought, oh, this is a picture of our cousin when he was younger, not realizing that it was actually you. <laughs> and it was the weirdest, strangest thing. And everybody began to laugh like, wait a minute, what is going on here? How can this be? You know, and things. And it was such a joy um, to know that it was a real story. So immediately everybody wanted to meet with you and to have you fly in from the state that you're in and see just to lay eyes on you to see if it's really real. And knowing our cousin who has been in our life, our senior, Jonathan Senior, we know him, we know his mannerisms and everything. And when you walk in the door, from seeing your picture was one thing, but it was so surreal to, to see you and to meet you and your lovely wife and to just like, this is just really, it was surreal. I mean, it was emotional because we're like, Everybody was, it was like teary. It was a teary moment to realize this is a cousin who we love. And you, the identity, when we talk about identity earlier, is that if you don't know who your biological mother and father are, they are part of you. And because of the disconnect, the pain that it brings from not knowing, but the joy that's overflowing when you really do find out who your father, your mother, your family members are, all of the family members were just ready to open arms, receive you. And just like, it was as, as if no time had passed and everybody wanting to know more and knowing more about the story and how the twist and turns through the years, you could have gave up, you could have stopped, but the spiritual 
side of you saying, I want to know God grant me this wish and God just like giving you the confirmation that yes, this is going to come true. You held on to that faith. And not only that, but God just blessed you in that situation because the where you're at now in life is so it's, it's such a beautiful thing because your father is still here. And like you said, you talk to him, have a relationship with him, have a relationship with your younger brother, your sister, and the dozens of cousins that are out there that just have no questions. We just want to love on you. And that's the whole case in point. And so, you know, I wanted to share this story during this holiday season because there's, I think it's a story that can give people hope. It doesn't always turn out in a negative way. It could turn out in a positive way after decades and decades and decades. You can find that loved one that you were searching for. And now it's so much easier with like when we say with the DNA, um, different uh, technology and things that are out there. It wasn't out there when you started out this journey. And that's why you kept putting it off and saying, I'll forget about it or it's not important. But yet in your heart, it was learned you was yearning to be reunited. And I think as we come to a close with this story, I think the the spiritual part is what I really want to connect back to because our heavenly father wants to be reunited with us as his children. And I want you to explain that part of, of what this means to you now that it's all full circle and you found your your father, you're, 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 reunited, you're reunited with your father. Help those that don't understand the spiritual side of being back reconnected to the spiritual father. The, our spiritual father has a, a, a yearning to want to connect back with us as his children. So can you bring that back to a full circle for those that don't understand the impact of the spiritual side of this type of story? Because that's a joy that, that he's waiting to be reunited with his children as well. So can you help people to understand how that side of the story is just as important as the natural side? For sure. I I, I would say this, that um, God gives us examples of him and his love mm. through different measures of human uh, interaction. And as you said, rightfully so, God is wanting us to reunite with him, mm. our heavenly father. But the example that uh, we get from uniting with our heavenly father, that sense of completeness, that sense of uh, this is what I wanted all along for you, mm -hmm. is to be united with me. Mm. And I think, you know, when you sense and realize how gratifying, how welcoming, and how warm it feels to be back connected to your real father and have uh, your heavenly father and have a relationship with him. Mm. It is significant in that when he established family, he established family on the basis of getting people to understand how important it was for us to know how to live this life. Yes. And when we lose that connection of our natural family, mm -hmm. well, obviously when it goes, it goes only back to him, we lose the connection to our spiritual family, father. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
and we can see the we can see the 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 effects of it in in our society today. You lose that connection with our spiritual father, then it becomes less meaningful to have a connection with our natural, mm. because the order, the order that he established for us to be able to understand how life was supposed to be, it was through the family. Mm. It was through the family, and and he established that we did, we had nothing to do with it, and. There was, regardless of whether you want to accept that or not, mm-hmm. there's there's a, a a male and a female, yes, that yes, comes yes. together yes. to make this family happen. Yes, and because that spiritual father is is there to show you the love that we should have for one another. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same way when he established the, the family. Uh, he established the order of that family, the father, the mother, and then, of course, the children. That's and, and, it, and he points out that there's a that order has a uh, a way of, of, of uh, helping us to realize the importance of that union. In other mm-hmm. words, because we don't want to dismiss if yeah. you will yeah the importance of family mm. and i think because we've lost contact with our spiritual father we've come to that conclusion that the natural father and mother or family is not as important anymore mm. and wow. that's the reason why we have a lot of the and that's my belief a lot of the chaos mm. that we have disrespect for one another Yes. Not showing love, not respecting, you know, all of those things I believe is a result of that's that disconnect with the yeah. father and then of course uh with one another. Yeah. And you know, and that and that's important to to be said. And and um I just this is such like I said, an inspirational story. Families will be getting together for Christmas dinner and opening gifts and sharing and things. There are so many people out there that are still looking, still searching. And there's a lot of research, a lot of technologies out there that you can find someone if you have some information. And um, like I said, there's cousins, a lot of people that you can connect with. This was a good story on today of a person that was able to find their love, lost loved one. Um, and it's a good outcome. And I want those of you out there that are searching to not be discouraged, to not give up, to not give up hope, because as long as there's life, there's hope. If you can just find that person or find out something about them, even if they've gone on, you still need to know. So don't give up the search of trying to find um, that person because the memory and the memories of the people that were around them that you could find information out is still important. There's so many stories that that um, that you know m- that Myron is developing now with his father. They're they're talking on the phone. He's still alive. It's such a blessing um, for him to be able to be reunited. Not only that, but with the with the siblings that he has, and 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 they ha- his siblings have grandchildren, and so it's just like the family is really extended and things like that. Um, Myron, what would you say to a person out there that's in that was in your situation to encourage them? to not stop, to not give up in our last few minutes, because um, like I said, it's so important. There's, this is a heartfelt story and it's, and it, and you are a heart centered messenger to be able to share your story with other people, to let them know that they don't have to give up. What would you like to say to that person that's still looking, 
that's still searching, maybe an adopted situation or or they have one of their biological family members. What would you like to say to them to encourage them in the search? Well, I, I, I'd say that uh, don't give up. Um, there's a reason why that desire is still there in you burning in your soul to want to reunite with them. And even if it doesn't go exactly the way that you think it should go, because we can't control other people and yeah. other people's feelings, but yet and still, we need to satisfy that that burns within us. Mm. And there's some good that you would you would find out ultimately that would come out of it. Uh, and, and for one thing, I know that uh, one of the benefits of it is that you're no longer asking questions about who I belong to, even if you're wow. rejected. Mm. You, you're still, you know, you 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 got you got the answers that you needed. Yes, and uh, that gives you a sense of completeness. Completeness. Wow. wow, that's awesome. Well, folks, I want to thank you all for listening today uh, to this podcast. I want you to share this podcast with a friend, a person that you may know that may be searching uh, for someone. They almost have given up hope. It's maybe decades. It's maybe years or whatever it is. Um, I want you to share this podcast with them because it's very important, especially during this time of year when people are, when family is blasted all over the airwaves and the television waves and people are looking for people and they wanted to be connected. Um, and some of them have a deep desire and they may be find their connection all the way across the world. Like Myron did. It was, a, it was States and States away <laughs> that, that his family members were living. And so it was a long search, but it was so well worth it. So I want you to share this broadcast uh, with the family members, with friends. It's such a beautiful story. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, I want you to visit our website at www.road2eternity.net to and subscribe. Share this with your family. Share this with your friends. Share the story. Uh, Myron's information will be on our website. Um, you know, Myron, can you give that that website of the ancestry information so that people that are looking that don't know where to begin, they'll at least be have a beginning search. Uh, what is that website that you were uh, that was instrumental in helping you find your family members? Yeah, it's a pretty simple ancestry.com. Uh, you can go there and that's where you can begin your search. And uh, there are a lot of other tools that they can direct you, <clears throat> ways that they can direct you in, in terms of getting different aspects of information. And of course, once you register with Ancestry, what happens is that uh, they send you a lot of different um uh, information regarding uh, certain hints about things that you might be in question about that uh, you would perhaps maybe didn't even think about, but you will get a lot of hints about different things regarding your family that uh, will send you on your, your trek, if you will, to trying to find out the information that you'd like to know. Wow. My special guest has been Myron Chestnut, who is actually a biological cousin. And that's why I wanted to have him share this story during this inspirational time. I mean, it is just my heart is so full uh, to be able to share this story with uh, our listening audience and let them know that it's not too late, that you don't have to give up. And as he said, even if it's not the outcome that you want, you still won't have to search and wonder who is that person out there. You'll have some answers and that's what you deserve. You deserve to know and to find out the answers. Um, I'm thank you so much, Myron, for being a special guest today. Happy holidays to you and the family and the other cousins and things like that. I'm sure we'll be talking before um, before the Christmas 
season is over and the new year rolls in. But I want to thank you so much for sharing your story, being so transparent uh, with your story and things like that. And uh, this is something that, you know, America can wrap their arms around stories like this, because this is one of those heart uh, felt stories and people need to know. Folks, I want to thank you for listening on today. I want you to remember that you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Use your gifts to impact the world. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company. 